Welcome to the Catch the Fire Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us and we hope you're encouraged by this message. It's good to be with you all. Good to be back home here for Christmas and for the run-up. We we're going to be starting our series, and I just want to welcome everyone watching online. I realize I forgot to say hi to you all earlier. Anyway, you're so welcome. We love that you're part of our community, and um, today we're going to start a series called Unto Us for the month of December, four weeks of really talking about God coming to us. And this morning, or this afternoon now, we're going to talk, the theme is his name is Emmanuel, God with us. The greatest gift of all was given to us through Jesus coming to earth. And, you know, we, we read the stories and sometimes it becomes like rotes because we, we heard the passages when we were in nativity, doing nativity plays as five-year-olds. Well, I remember that before schools, um, had to be non-religious. I remember, you know, being an angel and singing some of the songs. Yeah, you can imagine me. Look at Zoe. That would have been me. Um, yeah, so cute, hey? <laughs> we forget we were little. And um, so, but we need Emmanuel, God, with us to actually be meaningful to us. Yeah. And so, Holy Spirit, we thank you. Thank you that... Our father sent his son for us and he came in a lowly way in humility, left his life of glory to identify with us so that we could be in you forever. And I thank you for the promise and the gift of Emmanuel God with us for the rest of our lives. And I ask Holy Spirit that you would open our hearts to hear your word to speak to us in fresh ways today that the, the story of Christmas would actually be meaningful to us at this time and we would receive in a new way from you, in Jesus' name. And today we're going to look a little bit at the prophecies of the Old Testament leading to the birth of Jesus, some very familiar passages and some that if you do a Google search like I did, you find different prophecies found in different books of the Bible of the Old Testament and sometimes slotted into random spaces or narratives and passages. And, you know, for those biblical scholars and monsters, maybe you can help me out with this, but some of them just, you know, you're reading the passages and like... I really have no clue what they're talking about. I don't know the historical context. I don't know this, that, and the other. We can get overwhelmed thinking we don't know. And then all of a sudden, a, a familiar prophecy will jump up about the, the coming Messiah. And they're the passages that I want to just look at. But, you know, 2 Corinthians um, 13.5 says, Do you not realize this about yourselves? That Christ is in you. Emmanuel, God with us. Actually, for those of us who have received Jesus as Lord and Savior, that we've accepted the the birth child, we've accepted the the Savior who died on the cross for our sins. That is Emmanuel translates to Christ in us, the hope of glory. 
And so Emmanuel, God with us, was a promise to the people of Israel that a Messiah was going to come who would actually come and change their lives and they would go from a, a system of keeping the law and sacrifices and atonement for their sins to Jesus becoming that final lamb of sacrifice. And so that we, as we receive Jesus, can receive Christ in us, the new birth, the Messiah himself. And so we're just going to look at three areas that today, quickly, that Jesus reveals the promise in the scriptures, in the prophecies. Number two, that he makes his dwelling place with us. And three, he will never leave us forever. And that is the good news of Christmas, that not only did he come as a baby, but he came to live the life that God intended, where man could be restored to relationship again with God forever. And we could be separated from our sin and our sickness and the things that hold us back to walk in not only to heaven in the future, but to live on this earth as though heaven was here on the earth. That's amazing, hey? That's basically a summary of the good news of the gospel story. And so as believers, we celebrate Christmas and we sing the carols, we reenact the stories, we go to Handel's Messiah that says, for unto us a child is born. And we do it because we are marking the significance of God coming to us, living among us, and then making us like him through his blood. Isaiah seven fourteen. although I say Isaiah because it reminds me to lift my eyes higher. That's a good little reminder for the English-speaking people here, the English-English. Isaiah seven fourteen says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. That's where that scripture comes from. You know, even that in itself, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. That's enough to make your eyes, ears prick up, isn't it? What? A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son? And his name will be Emmanuel. And then verse, chapter 9, verse 6 to 7. For unto us a child is born. We know this passage really well. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. We love that scripture, don't we? Everlasting Father, mighty God, Prince of Peace. And of his government, there will be no end. Isaiah was speaking hope for the nation, hope for the nations. He was prophesying that into being. And as we begin to live out the story of God with us, we and our lives begin to prophesy the good news that 
of his government, there will be no end. And he will be our everlasting father, the prince of peace. He will be our mighty God. And then read in Micah 5.2. It talks about Bethlehem, Ephraphraph, I can never say that. Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old and from ancient times. The promise that Jesus the Messiah himself will come out of the smallest, most insignificant clan and will be the ruler over Israel. Not the ruler that people were expecting. He was the ruler that would come in humility and lowliness and he would be born in a stable in a manger because the Airbnbs had all bucked up because it was Christmas. That's why they were full. No, it wasn't. But it could have been, right? And so it was time for the census. So Joseph and Mary returned to Bethlehem. There was no room for them. And as we know the story, Jesus was born in a farm stable, a shed. He came in lowly. He came in as a servant of all. And um, we're going to explore the journey of that story as we move forward. And he, it said he... His origins came from old, from ancient times, from the ancient of days himself. Isn't that amazing? It gives you a sense that, you know, Jesus himself was in the Father with the Holy Spirit before the foundation of the, the earth. And then Isaiah 11, 1 to 5. We're just going to, this will be the last one because there are others. But the idea is that they point the way to Jesus. A shoot will come up from Jesse, from his roots, a branch that will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. I preached about this a few months ago. This is Jesus, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions to the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with a rod of his mouth. With breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness, the sash around his waist. See, even that picture... Reminds me of Revelation when Jesus will return as that glorified um, champion, Messiah. But here it speaks that he will judge the earth with justice and righteousness. And he will be the man with the seven spirits within him. And the stump that will come from that little shoot of Jesse. And this promise came to the people of Israel and even that many of the Jewish people didn't recognize who the Messiah was and is even today because I think often our expectation was that you know and is sometimes that Jesus is going to come and he's going to do this and he's going to do that but so often the way of Jesus is in humility and full surrender to the purposes of God And that's what the scripture shows. 
And that's what the birth of Jesus is about, that Emmanuel, God with us, was that God chose to choose a very young girl. And that's the way it is with us, that God chooses to to embrace us in our humanity, in our insignificance as well, but chooses to partner with us for his purposes in the kingdom. So God sent his son to fulfill this promise. And in John 1, it talks about John the Baptist, who was a witness to the light of Christ coming. He pointed the way to Jesus. And he prepared the way for Jesus. And he was the one that said, that I must increase and he, I must decrease, he must increase. And it says in John 1.13 that, and well, a little bit earlier, he came to that which was his own, but he did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, this is Jesus now, to those who believed in his name, would be, have the right to become children of God. Not born by natural descent, but by the Spirit of God, born of God. So when God comes to us, he gives us an invitation. As John points us to Jesus as the light, the Holy Spirit now points us to Jesus as the light so that we can receive him and be born of the spirit, born of God. And when we're born of God, Christ dwells in our hearts through faith. As Ephesians 3 says, we receive him by faith and we are born of the spirit. And when we are born of the spirit, we are joined with him forever. We become one with him because of the sacrifice at the cross. And we ourselves then are receiving the light of Christ into our lives. In, to the church in Revelation, John the Baptist, not John, John the, not John the Baptist, John, the other John, um, talks about the different, the seven churches in Revelation. And in Revelation, there's the story of the church of Laodicea. And they, that was the church, verse 14, 15, that, that they were very religious. They were very um, committed, intentional. They did the right things. But it says that they were neither hot nor cold. They'd lost their edge. They'd lost their passion. They were going through the motions. They were performing all the right things. But they were pulled up for losing their first love. They were pulled up for um, losing the heat of their love for Jesus. And, and it goes on to say, in verse 20, that I see these works, but I'm going to spew them out of your mouth. Sorry, just before that. Because then the verse 20 says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And so they've gone through all this religious form and they 
are being spewed out because they've lost their passion for Jesus himself. And he says, I'm going to spew you out. But I'm knocking at your door right now. There's an invitation to us, even in our lukewarm approach, where we've maybe lost our passion, we've lost our first love, that Jesus says, I want to come to you this season. I actually want to come. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with with me. And I will, the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on the throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on the throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. And then back to John 1 verse 20, it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He came and lived with us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. You see, today in our pursuit of him, some of us have have become cold. We've become lukewarm. We've gone through the actions. And he's saying today, I want to restore the passion I don't want to spit you out of my mouth. I want to, I want to show you that I'm real and I'm actually knocking at the door of your heart to come in because I want to sit with you. There's a level of intimacy and friendship that can only be known when I come and live in your home. And some of us are, are still a little bit, I'm not sure about this vulnerability, Jesus. You can come in through my front door and I will allow you into the formal dining room for a a cup of tea, maybe once a year, but you're not going to come and see my mudroom because it's messy and you'll see my laundry pile and you'll see the dirty dishes and you'll see me just as you are, as I really am. And I'm not sure I'm ready to receive you into my home. You see, when somebody comes and lives with you, you see it all. How many of you have got roommates or how many of you, when you got married, you saw things about your spouse that, oh gosh, I didn't think about that part, you know, leaving the toilet seat up and leaving a trail of clothes and, you know, trying to share tasks and doing it in a way that's, you know, lovingly negotiating with a time limit, you know. I remember that when we first got married, I used to say to Duncan, oh, it's your turn to clean the bathroom this week. And, um, okay, will you do it? Yes, I'll do it. And then six days later, you still haven't done the bathroom. Oh, I'll get to it. Well, tomorrow it starts again. And so, you know, there's a reality to living together where there is compromise, there's give and take, but there's actually realness. You know, think of your favorite spot in the house where you like to open up your heart and your life. And it's usually with a cup of coffee, some refreshment. For me, it's afternoon tea. But there's something about being together and how the Lord uses food. Every, every culture on the earth uses food, not just for fuel. And actually, we're blessed if it's more than just fuel and survival. But we can sit and share our table. And you know, so often we get so, um, I don't know, we just 
get nervous about, I can't invite somebody over because I don't know how to cook or I don't know how to do whatever. But actually, it really is all about whatever I have, I share with you over fellowship. Because I am learning that as we make ourselves a dwelling place for Jesus, we actually make ourselves a dwelling place for each other, that we make room in our hearts for each other, that we share what we have, whether it's little or much, you know. Um, sometimes as a pastor, we, we do things spontaneously, different people come over, and I'm like going through the pantry, what do I have, what could I, what could I pull together? And usually there's something that we can make work, right? And I think it's a heart that says, Jesus, I want to make you comfortable in my home. I want you to come and live with me. I'm willing to go to another level of vulnerability to get there. And Jesus actually said that. You know, he spoke to his disciples to prepare him for his death because they were... They were really upset that he was leaving, that he was going to be, were going on his journey to the cross and they couldn't believe it. And in John 14, verse 16, he actually says, I'm going to ask the Father to give you another helper to be with you forever. You see, the Holy Spirit, the plan was that the Holy Spirit would always be our greatest friend would be our helper, our comfort. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him, sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Again, he's speaking to them of the future that he's going to be coming and living with you and he's going to be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He was speaking into the future that in that day that you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. That forever he is coming to dwell with us as we receive him in our hearts as we receive him in our lives it's not just God's coming to us it's actually God is coming inside he's dwelling in me there's a an ongoing reality that he is alive and he is here for me and he is with me even though I walk through difficult circumstances and Christmas can be like that it can be a very busy time in business with the end of year, it can be a, a very challenging time because you're facing the reality of relationship difficulties or, you know, we're, we're meeting family and there are tensions or un, unresolved issues. And then there's, you know, loved ones that are no longer with us. We're dealing with um, grief and, and loss and missing family. Or maybe family are not able to travel home to be with us. And then we're faced with all the pressure of, you know, how many of you go to the grocery store and they even give you recipes now for, oh, for your holiday table. And you look and you think, my goodness, I need Martha Stewart to come to my house to make it look like that. 
And, you know, with us, this ever-increasing performance of, oh, we've got to make it right, we've got to... We... And then the cost of everything in this cost of living crisis and inflation. And some of us are getting more and more anxious and stressed. And all Jesus wants to remind us is, God, Emmanuel, God with you, I am coming to you. I am going to live in your house and I don't care if I see your dirty laundry. And I don't care if you don't know how to cook as well as Martha Stewart or anyone else. Well, probably not her, but anyway. Um, I don't mind because I want you. I'm not after what all this commercialism brings. I want you to remember that I came in a very lowly way to find each of you today. And we can just relax and take the pressure of um, off ourselves and really see that Jesus is the reason for this season. And we can encourage one another, we can enjoy the celebration, but we can stay in that place of rest where we're not getting anxious about what we don't have and what we can't do and what we can't achieve. And I just want to take some of the pressure off you women particularly for feeling like you've got to make it perfect, you know? And so he's going to be with us forever, with us forever. We live our life by faith in the Son of God. And finally, you know, he will never leave us forever. Do you know that? Forever. Even when we breathe our last, we're going to step into that full dimension of his presence. We have his presence here and now on the earth. There's nowhere we can go. As the psalmist says, there's nowhere we can flee from your presence. If I was to ascend the heights of there, if I'm in the valley or the shadow of death, there you are going to find me. That is the good news today, that wherever you are in that high or low, his presence is with you in bodily form through you and I. And as we begin to fix our minds on that truth, we can live in the, the benefit and the blessing of that. See, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he came from the Father, full of grace and truth. There is so much grace on each of you for your life. Even the life that God has called you to, the career he's called you to, the family he's called you to. There is grace for that life, for that calling. And the truth of who he is, is available to each of you. That you can live in the truth of God's promises for your life, knowing that his presence is with you forever. And at any time, you can step into that place of awareness to a, a greater level. It's amazing. Amen. And it says, in, we know the scripture in Romans 8, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Whether it's distress, persecution, tribulation, famine. Thank God we don't have many of those things. But if we are subject to any of those things, nothing can separate us. 
because we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We are never separated from the love of Christ, the love of God, Emmanuel God with us. That's our portion forever. That's our portion. He is the hope of glory. Colossians 1, 27. He is the hope of your life. He is the hope of your future. He is the hope of your life. And God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are our ever-present help. Whatever we're walking through today, you are with us. You are with us forever. He is Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's God in us. He's God through us. He's God for us. He's God amongst us. Amazing. We can have joy and peace knowing even the truth of that. And as we meditate on these promises today, he will fulfill it through you. All he asks is that we say yes and step forward. What are the possibilities of our life? What could 2023 look like as we step in to a place of knowing these things? That he's dwelling with us. He's in us. He wants to be with us forever. And he is with us forever. And he will never leave us. And he's empowered us by his spirit to fill his calling in life. That's basically a summary of the gospel. That in him, our life in him, we accomplish all that he's called us to do. And some of us today, we just need to be reminded of the good news of this season. That to focus in again on this season, that Jesus is the reason, that it's Emmanuel, God with us. He's the one that empowers us when we're feeling stressed or anxious, when we're feeling busy. We can receive another portion of him this morning, this afternoon even. We can receive all that we need to live that, that new life. To even get through Christmas for some of you that have lost loved ones this year. That God is your portion. He is your refuge and your strength. He will help you overcome. You're no longer alone. We are living in his grace and his truth. Amazing that he is our portion forever. Why don't we stand up right now? What are the possibilities of 2023 as, as we draw this year to a close and, and we begin to realize that Emmanuel God with us will even take us into this new season, new era, new season for our lives, for our businesses and homes and families. Some of you are believing for different jobs. Some of you are asking the Lord for children and healing. You know, if we are to be the blessed people on the earth, we need to know that Jesus is in us. And therefore, the potential of our lives, are just they just go sky high because he's on the winning team. He already won for us. He already won for each of you. And some of you just need to lay down trying to do it, trying to do it yourself, trying to do it all, trying to make it look perfect. And he's saying, I want to come and make my home in you. 
I want to come through the front door or the back door. And I don't mind if I see the dirty laundry and the argumentative children and the dog that brings mud across the kitchen floor. In fact, I'm happy with that because I just want to be with you today. I just want to be in that intimate friendship of being a place of vulnerability where we can receive strength. And so, Lord, we lay it down. We lay down, trying, trying hard, performance. And we just step into your grace again today. Grace and truth. Would you come and crown this month with grace and truth? And because God is amongst us and he's here and his presence has been here all morning, we a family together right we did this in the first service but feel to do it again that we can have our ministry team our connect leaders to come and line up here we're going to create a hedge a hedge a hedge of truth a hedge of protection and we want everyone to walk through just receiving receiving that affirmation and the truth that God is with us today. He is Emmanuel for us today. And we want to encourage one another. And we're not going to take long. We're just going to, you're going to go through and there's just going to be an impartation that's released to you. That we would walk into a greater dimension of his truth today. That God is with us and he wants to bless our lives He wants to fill our lives with grace and truth. And he wants to be received by us. He's waiting for us. His presence is here. And so Holy Spirit, come and bless every person that you want to touch. We're just going to start walking through all the rows. Just come through quickly and let the team just agree that he's for you, he's with you, he's never leaving you, he's all around you. Christ in you, the hope of glory, he's here. Thank you so much for joining us. There are so many opportunities to grow, connect, and be encouraged. To learn more, visit ctfraleigh.com and follow us on social media. Thank you so much for being part of the family. We are so thankful for you.